Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Supported by the Gelded End, the number one Leeds United memorabilia site. Visit thegeldedend.com. The Square Ball Podcast. Look, we're back, all right, and this is free. Welcome back to the Square Ball Podcast, number 58. Nice to speak to you again after our little hiatus. Uh, we're recording here in a chilly Leeds, snowbound Leeds, in the bleak midwinter. I'm delighted to say that not much has changed here. Uh, I'm joined by Michael. Hello. Moscow White. Hello there. And Oddie. Hello. So we last spoke to you at the back end of November. Lots has changed since then. Uh, we've had a, a whole issue of the magazine out, haven't we, in between times? I grew a beard. I shaved it off. Issue six is the current issue, the one that's out at the moment. We'll talk more about that a little bit later on, perhaps in part two of this two-part epic. But while we're here and you're on the line, uh, we'll say that subscriptions are available now from issue five onwards via the squareball.net and you can get full pricing details on there also. Whilst we're doing a little bit of housekeeping then, um, we have some Christmas presents. Um, Who did we receive these from? It was Lee Coward, big Lee Coward off of Twitter, better known as at Leeds on Tour. Although I can see on Oddie's gift, it says from Sweet Cheeks. It says to Princess from Sweet Cheeks. And mine is to Dave from Lee. Okay. So who wants to go first? Moscow, you look, you look poised. Okay. Well, it's a, to, to paint a picture with words for the gentle listeners, it is, a, it is an oblong, a little bit, a little bit wider at one end than, uh, than it is at the top. Enough of your penis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a, it's a jiffy bag. Fantastic! It's a jiffy bag with uh, Lee's home address on. It's, well, thanks, Lee. I'll uh, <laughs> I'll be round. I don't know what I need to. Oh, maybe there's something in it. Is this Ooh. so you can post the anthrax back to him? Yeah, I've got to be careful because jiffy bag's quite expensive. So I've opened it. It's reusable. It's a book of some kind. Ah, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> it's a it's a, an A4 notebook uh, which says on the front. Petty Grievances, Volume 2. So this is, in fact, your book of... It is my book of Petty Grievances. That's fantastic. A, a virgin book. All Fill it for immediately. Petty Grievances. Well, first one. Warnock. No, Lee Coward. Because I'm already on to Volume 3, actually, so this is already out of date. So buying me a useless book. <laughs> and he's actually written this down as well, listen. Yep. Who's going next? I'll go then. Oddie has the largest package. For now, for now. We should have some Christmas music playing. 
Just look out your window. I'm sure there's still some ice out there if you're listening. If you're not switched off. Oddie's frail it's wrist struggling <laughs> with the wrapping paper at the minute. It's not alive. It was, though. Well, not now, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe it was when we got it in December. What has he got you, Oddie? I think Lee, he Lee, I it. love you. <laughs> <laughs> These are... Just what I always wanted. What are they? Rather large nappies. <laughs> They're male incontinence pants. <laughs> Super. How many have you got there? Just quickly count them. Uh, just the uh, half dozen. I think which should see me through to tonight. I think actually he's been quite car- quite kind because he's a medium. I'd yeah. say you're more of a large, to be honest. <laughs> I'm going to try one of these on. God, I hope no one walks into the studio <laughs> for doing this. If there is a window here. Grown men in nappies. I don't want to do this podcast anymore. Just to fill you in, if you're listening, um, myself and Moscow White are still sat at the uh, at the desk in the studio. Meanwhile, Oddie and Michael are wearing what could only be described as giant nappies. We we shall get a picture of this, and we shall have to stick it on our uh, Twitter account. I don't need a nappy. If I'm going to piss myself, I'll piss in my pants. So there it is. We've got a picture of the pair of them wearing their big giant <laughs> man nappies, <laughs> and we will stick that on our Twitter account. So uh, <coughs> thank you, Lee Coward. I'm going to go next, if you don't mind. Just while Michael gets accommodated in his trousers there. Um, mine's quite a small package. I think the smallest out of... Oh, no, Michael's is fairly small. So his wife said. Oh, like. some, some cheap disposable glasses appear to have fallen out of the package. And some hair gel. Oh, fantastic. Yes, brilliant. Thank okay. you very much. It's, it's carefree firm hold gel. This, obviously, a throwback to when I was on the... Uh, BBC documentary Who Owns Leeds United and I was looking rather windswept at the top of the hill. I'm not sure why I've got... Ah, driving glasses. This is because I had a recent prank that I mentioned on Twitter. I drove into a gatepost. It's not that funny, it's just true. They do move about those gateposts, though. They do. Michael, your turn. Thanks, Lee, by the way. These have been in in my cellar for months and I've I've not peaked. I've been very good. (laughs) Oh, I've got kind of... Um, wrapped in a slightly sinister, what appears to be sort of a toilet roll coloured material. And, uh, oh, thank you very much. He's got me some throat and chest um, soothing menthol sweets for when Mr. Dyche visits. <laughs> thank you very much, Lee. They'll, they'll come in very handy. It sounds so sinister when Mr. Dyche visits. <laughs> Do you want Mr. Dyche to come? Yeah, thank you very much for those, Lee. Thanks, Lee. And we also need to say a big thank you to the Man on the Post podcast, which you should definitely download and listen to, because they've bribed us saying that with a big box of chocolates, haven't they, which we've eaten a lot of already. It says in the cover letter that uh, they'll send every listener a big box of chocolates as well, and I'm I'm sure they'll they'll carry that out. So just send in your address to... uh, No, we don't want to cause them too much trouble. I'm wearing my driving glasses now, and I can no longer read the sheet in front of me, what we're supposed to be doing. Um... So thank you. If you want to send us any gifts, piss-taking or otherwise, feel free. Just uh, look up our address on the website. And you don't have to wait till next Christmas. White watching. Lots of games, then, that we need to talk about. There have been something like, what's that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, 12 games since we podcasted last. So um, this could go on a while. It so could get comfy, whatever you're doing. If only Leeds United had taken a break when we took a break. It was very inconsiderate. Let's go back to the start of this, and one that is definitely worth talking about on its own was the Huddersfield match. Um, now, if you recall when we podcasted last, you predicted Moscow it would be a high-scoring game. So I con- did. Yes, congratulations on that um, quite accurate guess. The only thing that's actually been bothering me of us not having done a podcast since was being able to come out and say, I was right for once! It was a high-scoring 
Um, not a draw. I think I said four all. That was close. I think you said three three or four four, didn't you? Yeah. So, so I got the right number of kind of stuff, and uh, and but Leeds United won. It was probably one of the last really fun days out we had. Um, it's a good. Job. I think we were originally due to record after this game, and it's a good job we didn't because we would have had a positive podcast, which would have been not in keeping with the general mood since. No. People would have pointed at it and said, oh, you said everything was good a couple of weeks ago. So thankfully, we'll, we'll pretend we were always uh, doubtful. Everything was pretty good at this game, though. We played good football and everything, didn't we? Ross McCormack was uh, on top of his game. Luciano Becchio scored, I mean, a penalty from the edge of, uh, penalty, a header from the edge of the penalty area. was. Uh, I love to see that, especially when it goes into the top of the net, just under the crossbar and kind of brushes the underside of the top of the net. Lovely. Only Luciano could do that. Maybe, Time he gave something back. Maybe Van Basten as well. Yeah, he needs to uh, he needs to think about what he's doing. Um, well, we can get onto the bitterness and the recriminations <laughs> in due course. Let's talk. Let's talk about these matches. And it's bitter recriminations. Uh, Clayton's penalty celebration. Yeah, that was ill thought out, wasn't it? He's kind of disappeared from Twitter since this. Don't know if he's capable of thinking. Is he? Well, well it was it was Bates esque in its short sightedness, wasn't it? Really, this uh, this celebration. Uh, After a penalty as well. Yeah, keep your powder yeah. dry. It's not like you scored. Yeah. It's not like Kilkenny who scored a pretty good goal when he came back to Ellen Road and then started flicking the V's whatever to Bates. It's you've, you've not proved anyone wrong by scoring a penalty. No. And if they'd won the game, he could have done all the laps of honours he wanted. He could have ridden Neil Warnock like a donkey if that was what he wanted. But um, does, how, um, does he not save that for Mandy C? <laughs> he proved how literate he was on Twitter afterwards. Yeah, like gloating and then was slammed by a lot of Leeds fans. Yeah. Well, egg on his face, and I mean. Going back to the comments by Alex Smithies as well, um, ahead of this game, I took 10 seconds to turn down a move to Leeds, because apparently we were after him, weren't we? Back page of the Huddersfield Examiner. I didn't even have to think about it. Anyway, egg on on your face, Smithies. Which goal was it? He just chucked the ball in his net. Was it Michael Tung? Tung. Tungy. Tungy. Brownie. One of them. (laughs) They're all the same. One of them shot, and anyway, just chucked it in the goal, and that was justice. Justice. This result's not looking as good now because Huddersfield have been absolutely dreadful since this game. I like to think we set them on this run. Possibly. Yeah, but so have we. Well, we've we've picked up some wins, though. What's important here is that they're 18th, Mm. um, and it goes to prove that we were absolutely right when we said Simon Grayson would be great when given back in with money. Um, Anyway, didn't it all start to go a little bit downhill after this? We went to Derby over the Christmas period, and that was just a a bag of spanners, wasn't it? It was awful. Um, as we are tending to be now at Pride Park. We were all right-ish for about half an hour, mm. I seem to remember. But yeah, they've fully deserved a win. The little, uh, what were those toys called that had the uh, the shocks of green hair? Trolls. Was, yeah, the little albino troll that they had in midfield got a grip, a grip on the game. And uh, unsurprisingly, our aged um, counterparts couldn't get near him because he was tiny and quick. And he could play like fucking... Michelle Platini against Michael Brown. Well, mm, I don't yes. know Michael Brown played. I in was this trying. Game. That was why I hedged my bets as well. We're just saying, if Michael Brown didn't play, our aged midfield who's just you know by by default, and that was the game. Um, McCormack afterwards when he just put on Twitter, no excuses. I was shite. Fair play. At least yeah. you're honest about it. Might have been better if you played better, but. That tweet actually did open the door to a fair bit of criticism afterwards because he was subsequently dropped, wasn't he? Mm. And people were saying, why has he been dropped for so long? All right, let him sit out one game, but then, you know, he's quite good amongst the sea of shite. Well, he'd been brilliant at Huddersfield. 
Yeah, well, anyway, we went on to uh, Ipswich after this, didn't we? Is um, there a more Yorkshire head-to-head manager clash than Mick McCarthy and Neil Warnock? <laughs> we ran into him in the hotel where, just uh, in the hotel in the centre of Leeds, where uh, we were there to meet uh, Alfie and Gunnar and Eric and uh, Torre, you know. That's oh. an interview that was in issue five that was completely missed yeah. throughout the podcast. Oh, yeah, we interviewed yeah. some Norwegians in issue five. That's what happened. Um, it was funny watching all the Ipswich players walk past because, first of all, I was convinced they were Crystal Palace. For some <laughs> reason, I just I kept um, I texted people. I was like, "Oh, the Crystal Palace team have just walked past with Mick McCarthy." <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know. It, they had a lot too much red in their training. They had tops. entirely blue training tops on. Yeah. Bits of red in, and they then were dressed entirely in blue <laughs> with an Ipswich badge, Ipswich badge on it. They gave it away for me, and they're all Ipswich players as well. Well, you were you were just as bad because who, who was it that they was walking past? Was it Nigel Real? Oh, Nigel, I didn't know they had him. Yeah, and you I must admit, does he play for? <laughs> Not anymore. He's gone now. Hasn't he? he has gone again. So you see, I was only. <laughs> they've always played in blue. You should have known that. And then Ozzy chased Mick McCarthy into a corner when he was uh, when Big Mick was quietly tying his shoelace and yeah, we had a um, a little chat with him and I felt quite intimidated. And he said, oh, I follow you as a kid. Something like that, he said. He said I what? Think, I follow you as a kid. Something like that. I think he was trying to say he supported Leeds when he was a kid. Yeah, he did. Oh, and right. he jumped at the chance to manage us. He said he'd never applied, but the one thing, there were two things I I distinctly will take away from our meeting with Mick McCarthy. One was the absolute kind of bulletproof confidence that he projected. It's like, well... Ipswich are uh, doing pretty well since I got there. Unbeaten run. Think uh, your lads are all right, but pretty much no doubt that we'll win. And then um, we were asking if you'd ever tried to manage Leeds, if you'd ever gone for the job. And I said, but, uh, um, did you ever fancy working with Ken Bates? And he just went, Ken Bates wouldn't bother me. <laughs> he did Fair say enough. that he would have applied when um, Warnock got the job, but he'd just been sacked from Wolves and he wanted his compensation. Yeah. <laughs> Which is fair enough. And then we beat his team 2-0, so he can shove his... Not so uh, confident now. Yeah, shove know. his stubborn, confident Yorkshireman act. And we were uh, we were pretty good against it. We were all right. It was quite comfortable. It was We went two up and didn't particularly look like conceding. Yeah, it was... I think half of that game was like the Leicester one that was before all this where we scored quite early and we're just waiting to concede. So like, when are they going to get back into it? It was it nice, to see, nice to see a goal from uh, from Thomas as well. I think he's going to go on and be our top scorer probably this season. Can you describe that goal to me? <sighs> nah. Thomas is kind of a, a, just a memory over the horizon as, as people just watch him go, confusing him for Beckford and send him back to West Brom from was, behind. Was that the game you got stopped by a stool for taking pictures of Becky O's arse? Yes, it was. Not again. It wasn't specifically of his you arse. You went outside his house this time. I just I'd moved to what apparently were more expensive seats nearer the pitch to take some pictures of Luciano Becchio because frankly the game wasn't very good and there wasn't much else to do and yeah and ended up with the heavy D and the boys coming down and mobbing me out I got mugged out of there <laughs> I had to go and hide in the box in the toilet <laughs> well it was just before half time like thought, a naughty school boy. I thought rather than let them watch me return to because uh, I don't think we were sitting in the right seats anyway we weren't sitting in the right <laughs> so, seats oh, rather than uh, watch them return to seats that aren't mine either Ken giving, <laughs> Ken giving you the thumbs down from yeah. the balcony I'll just go like a Roman emperor the one place where they won't follow me 
Do you remember Ellen Road when you, you couldn't just sit in any seat you wanted to because there were other people in there? Yeah. Whereas <laughs> in the East End, you can pretty much go wherever you want. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Which is what we did. Plenty anyway, Green Skull room. in this game. That was all right, wasn't it? Is this Was that the um, the volley? I remember him do, scoring quite a surprising volley. Was that the um, Boyer-esque one, I think? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he kind of came onto yeah, it late. back to me now. The official website describes it as uh, United struck again in a classic counter-attack. Juve apparently fed David Norris, who laid it off to Thomas, whoever he is. Uh, Becchio allowed his pullback to fall into the path of Paul Green, and the midfielder smashed home his second goal in as many weeks with a thumping strike. How's that? How have they spelt all that? <laughs> is it phonetically? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was one that Green's been uh, pretty good, apart from when he's been dropped for no apparent reason. Um apart from the, the risk that he might be some good, so we've got to hustle him out of the team straight away so that Brownie can, can get back in. And then, midweek, oh dear, with our brilliant home record, this mm. tie was only ever going to go one way, the Capital One Cup quarter-final against uh, Roman's Chelsea. Well, it was all right for a bit, wasn't it? The, I mean, uh, it was all right. Half-time, I was ebullient. <laughs> Lovely word. Lovely word. And it was all thanks to Luciano scoring the same goal again. Exactly the same. Keeper, Always. left wing, down the side, cross it, and he's in there. Beautiful. And you, as soon as the ball went to, uh, what's his face, Jerome Huha on the left, and Becchio in the centre circle, I knew. I knew exactly what was going to happen, and he did it. He never lets you down. He does exactly what you expect him to do, um, as long as it's that one move that he's really good at. But it was great, and his celebrations were wild. He was kissing the badge. He looked very excited. and I thought for one moment... It looked like he was going to go off on the lap of honour and Warnock was just going to have to sub him straight off and say, right, Becchio's game is done. Most valuable player. Get him out of here. Just send him straight into a limo, back to his hotel. But um, no, he kept him on for the the five goals that Chelsea had in the second um, half. You know, as I've mentioned before in this podcast, um, I often work evenings and I, I was working this evening um, that this Chelsea game was on and I was on the ring road just approaching Ellen Road just when we scored. Quite close to Macro and all the garages, yeah. if you're familiar with the geography of the area. And I nearly crashed the car into a roundabout when um, Luciano scored. But the beautiful... Were you headed for the gatepost? No, I wasn't. That wasn't the crash that I crashed. That was... Uh, I don't know exactly when it was. It might have been just after this, actually. But, um, yeah, I did. I had a little swerve coming off the roundabout because I was trying to celebrate with both arms and not hold the wheel. But then but what I did, even though it was a very, very cold night, was I put my windows down as I came onto the M621 and drove past Ellen Road when it was just at its loudest, when people were singing, mm-hmm. following the goal. And it was a very nice moment. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Cost less than Torres, and he scores more goals. Fact. Actual, yeah. Actual fact, yeah. There was a lovely moment before Becchio had scored when uh, little Sam, who was with me and Oddie... Not Sam Byram, by the not way. Not Sam no. Byram. The ball dropped, was kind of pinging around our penalty area, and he was going oh no, clear it, clear it. And then it dropped to a player and he went, no! And then he just kind of went, oh, it's all right, it's Torres. And Torres boomed it over the over the bar straight away. He just knew. Because he got a couple in. How many did Torres end up he scoring? Seven. Oh, I think okay. he just got one. And it was a tapping. Anyone, well, any of us would have scored it. The one... Luke Varney wouldn't. <laughs> and they only got seven. Uh, what did they actually get? They, they got, got five. five. Don't make it worse. <laughs> five. Watford, it's Watford that got six. Yeah, they're no Watford, are they? No, they're the real footballing it team. It wasn't fair anyway, this, because they brought on loads of really good players. Yeah. Which isn't mm. fair because we've only got like one or two. It and then was. They had, they had five or six on all at once and it was <laughs> it was just not fair. It was that second half they kind of wore Tom Lee's down 
to the point where he kind of it handled Torres for an hour and then they just did they bring on Hazard. Yeah. And it's just Yeah, like, that's the point where I think I said, Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Be reasonable. Play fair. Yeah. But they can never take that goal away from us. No. Half time, you were absolutely on top of the world, Moscow. It was I've never lovely, seen anybody yeah. so giddy. It would have been just about to go back out for the second half as well and everyone's kind of, oh, we're starting again and looking up at the big screen and watching um, Ashdown just basically throw the ball in his net and everything. you just heard the whole place go, oh, for fuck's sake. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> if, we, if we could have held on for another 15, 20 minutes, <clears throat> it could have been a bit interesting. This was the, uh, the, the game that started the whole virus illness thing because he said Ashdown had been having pain-killing injections at half-time and that Brown had been up all night being sick and still played because he has to play because he's Michael Brown and he fucking loves him. Um, and it was the first... I think Brown brought that virus into the camp. I thought I thought at first you were accusing uh, Ashdown of using dirty needles. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We, sharing them with Browning. I remember now, actually, we, we received a very good throwback tweet asking if it was Johnny Housen's mum again. Because if you remember when we first introduced... Yeah. Mm-hmm the villain of the Fortnite Awards, many, many moons ago. And uh, there was a sickness virus in the camp before, was it, or food poisoning? Yeah. And we blamed Johnny House and his mum. It was, it was when he was sick on the pitch, wasn't it? Yeah. That yeah. was it, When yeah. he blew chunks all over his face. Yes, I remember. Johnny House and remember him, he won't... <laughs> remember his mother. Yeah. Never forgiven. But yeah, whoever sent that tweet, I have forgotten now. I should have uh, saved it or favourited it, but I didn't. But thank you for that. They were, they were a magnificent human with a good memory. I do remember that the, the programme for this, which made its way online... Oh... I'm, I'm struggling mm. to put into words what to, what to make of this. This was um, Ken mm. visiting Santa. Mm. Uh, Ken on bended knee. No. But what a lot of people didn't notice about that mm. was that the man uh, playing Santa no. had spectacles on uh. and resembled the man mm. from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Don't. <laughs> no. It was Sean Harvey, wasn't it, dressed as Santa? <coughs> the wording that went with it was really good as well. I can't remember exactly how it went now. Well, they invented it was, a new word. It was, it, was just, it read as in, we we never... It was unrelentless. Our unrelentless search for investment, that was it. <laughs> which is exactly exactly what it has been. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Unwittingly, they were 100% accurate. Oh, it was just so distasteful. God, I hate that old man. What? And yeah, and we'll, we're going to discuss his. I mean, this was after he'd been there, turning the Daily Mail over to his own petty campaigns, and well, getting simultaneously fellated by a so-called journalist. So that was the day before, and then we have that him sitting on Sean Harvey's knee. God Almighty! Somebody, how did we get to the point where there was so little control at the football club that he could? Do that. Yeah, take two pages of the programme. We only charge four quid for it. Just dress up Sean Harvey as some kind of I can't of imagine performing. Sean Harvey wanted to do it either. Well, that's what makes it even worse. You've Mind you, he's on, he's on 259 grand a year, so you've kind of got to do whatever, really. Yeah, but it's... I'd do that for me. It's like... Yeah. I'm surprised I'd put on a fucking Hitler outfit for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every day. You've done it for a lot less. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't want to think about it anymore. Back on home territory again. It was the uh, three home games in a week, wasn't it? This when we played Middlesbrough at home. Tony Mowbray's side, tough, tough not to crack this one, but we beat them two one. They were really good, actually. Yeah, they were probably maybe Chelsea that second half aside the best team I've seen this year at Ellen Road, and they really should have won that game. And what was the difference that allowed us to win? 
Michael Brown? Tony Mowbray? <laughs> Keep guessing. Keep guessing. The name on the tip of your tongue. Argentinian? Yep. Always scores against them. And uh, and he did it again. Great goal as well. Mm. To be honest, he's a, he's a bit of a problem in my eyes. Why? Well, he's, making, he's scoring goals, making us win games. I mean, it's not really fitting in with the rest of the team, is no, it? No, no. Too much individualism. Sore thumb. <laughs> Sore thumb, that man. This is sort of when, after this, it all kind of went to shit, didn't it, really? <laughs> There's no point in dissecting Forest, Hull, Bolton, Birmingham and Barnsley too far because we were pretty awful in all of them there, apart from that it's worth mentioning we beat Bolton I was going to pick Bolton out as probably the worst of the lot even though we won because it was just it was like a really bad pre-season fr- it was like the very first pre-season friendly which is against a non-league team against Harrogate or someone hmm. no one people are just chatting a bit and wanting to go home really they're just there out of some sense of obligation it's worth interjecting now and, and directing people towards your match report uh, that you've written in the uh, current issue of the square ball number six for this game, which essentially reads like a childhood fantasy of robots fighting on the pitch. Talk us through that, if you could. It's a childhood fantasy of robots fighting on the pitch. And then right at the very end, it mentions the goal, doesn't it? Because I was trying to think, I mean, nobody wants to even, you don't want to read a match report of that stinking game. So I just wrote about something else and it was about Sam Byram, um, inviting me to play for Leeds and then I, I join with Juf and McCormack and Becchio to make a big mega robot and we fight with uh, with Bolton's mega robot to free the Princess Kisnorba who's imprisoned in space. And that's what happened. This game... <laughs> was... I mean, it was even a penalty. It wasn't even a proper goal. Yeah. I did think in this game as well, they were, for some reason, not playing to their strengths and I think they're trying to pass it a bit now and they're not really very good at it. Whereas if they'd have realised, let's just twat it at Kevin Davis's head, which is what they've always done, they'd have probably won this game about 6-1. Well, it's a little doogie has gone in and he's trying to put his own... I mean, it may have, it may have been working at Crystal Palace. It's not going <laughs> to work at Bolton. Yeah, it's a pretty dippy passing game. I didn't come away from that game in a particularly good mood and we won. No, it was, it was, more as, it was as miserable a win as you can imagine. Um, well, it was pretty miserable watching the Forest game as well, wasn't it? We were absolutely diabolical. <laughs> yeah, still somehow managed to score twice. Seven minutes of madness. I don't know what I was complaining about. We were fine for 83 minutes. Shut up, Colin. Seven minutes of madness. It's like a supermarket sweep. It's people find, people used to love that, Dale Winton. As opposed to Hull, which was just 90 minutes of shit. Yes. We just didn't get... I mean, there were some signs of life against Forest. Was that the game Austin came back yeah. and yeah. just looked... Um, as if he should have been in bed still. And I suppose, you know, we have got the excuse that the virus was sweeping through through the squad. But well, um, why did that lead to just seven minutes of virus? Was that when the virus peaked? <laughs> Were we not virused, fully virused up for 80, 83 minutes? Doesn't make sense, does it, Warnock? I mean, the whole, the whole <laughs> game... It all points right. towards you talking shit and us being shit. <laughs> what, what I was going to say was, in that regard, this bloody... 5-3-2 that worked so well against Watford, reintroduced for second in the table, Hull City. What was he thinking? Going Matching him up, matching up to him. It didn't work, did it? Well, the, I, I can't... Is he mental? The, there's just been some of his team selections over this run. I've, I've never seen so many people when they see the team just go, what the fuck's that's going to be? Nobody can work out where Lees is going to play on the wing. Is Byram's a keeper now? Why, why is... Austin Who's that in the centre? Green. Oh, it's Michael Brown. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Plus two of my other identical midfielders. Yeah. Whoever I happen to pick out. Of the Who's that picking week. up a yellow card? It's <laughs> Michael Brown. 
This the whole game was the was that the one? Yes, it was. It was Hull where he got booked because he got elbowed in the face. Fair enough, that must have hurt, and he had a, a split lip. And while he was getting the blood cleaned off his face, he wouldn't move his foot off the pitch. So the referee booked him. Just move your foot, idiot. Because you know you there was still like at least half an hour to play, and at some point during that, he's going to kick the air and somehow hit a player <laughs> and get another yellow card and be sent off. So don't waste a yellow card just because you won't take your foot off the pitch because you're a fucking tosser. And then he had, and then there's that. The, I turned it into a gif. Can so I just say, could, by the way, that uh, this petty book of grievances is getting scrawled in now as we speak. It's um, the Michael Brown... Uh, volume 2. Yeah, special edition. Um, and then when he had... Because uh, he puts a tissue on his bottom lip to stem the flood, and yet even though he's got a gob full of tissues, he's then he's running after the referee, yelling at him, and he just looked like an utter idiot, yelling at the referee across the pitch with a mouthful of tissues, mouthful of bog roll. Just shut up. Get your foot off the pitch. Shut up. Leave the referee alone. He has a hard enough job. I never feel sympathy for referees until he starts up. And the bloody... I'm just going to go straight to the Birmingham replay when we got the, the penalty down there and Michael Brown suddenly comes from the other end of the pitch. Penalty that. Penalty that. He's given it. <laughs> penalty that. I sense that you're not really that keen on Michael Brown. Let's go. <laughs> Can we have a show of hands for anyone who is that keen on Michael Brown? At this point, I'd take Pew back in. Have things got that bad? That well, was, just because mm. I guarantee they're not together. <laughs> on, on that yeah. note, let's talk about our problems then. Let's let's examine where things seem to be going wrong. I mean, Warnock. <laughs> We've not even talked in detail <laughs> about uh, Barnsley and Bristol yet. What I mean, ga- Barnsley, what games needs, were? Barnsley mm. needs special I think, mention. I think we also need to mention it all, that he, he kind of went, he being Warnock, afterwards went, oh, well, this isn't, not important game anyway. Yeah, but they're all fucking important. And as you think, bear in mind this is over Christmas. People have taken time away from their families and hangovers to go to Hull to watch us basically roll over. I mean, the football league show had this as the main game, and in about fifteen minutes, I think there was one clip of Luke Varney getting nowhere near the net, falling over, and then the rest of it was just Hull having chances. They could have won this by about ten. Adam Jubb on his fear and loathing blog. I think statistically, it doesn't actually hold up. But in spirit, it does. He pointed out that Hull, Barnsley, Birmingham, three away games, and the only actual attempts we had on goal were all by Luciano Becchio, and there were about three of them, and one of them was a penalty. Oh, and the other one was Juve, who actually scored against Birmingham, but that just no chances. Barnsley was no... Were there even any shots not on goal? There were just no shots. There was... Um, Barkley hit the bar. Right, and he doesn't even play for us. He plays forever. <laughs> <laughs> but that was the referee's fault that we lost at Barnsley. Oh, I remember Warnock said they should have been sent off and, War- and that's Warnock. why we didn't have any shots as a protest. Warnock roam, roaming <laughs> around the press area with a laptop. Nobody needs that. <laughs> Just what, gents, what, what is he getting wrong? Everything. The team is playing the wrong players in the wrong positions and telling them to play in the wrong way. He's leaving the shit players in. <laughs> and he's, he's, apolo- he's apologising <laughs> to the wrong people as well because after Barnsley, the only person whose opinion he seems to care about was uh, Ross Barkley. Oh, we're not. I've told Ross, we're not always like that. Well, you might be able to fool him. You're not fooling anybody who paid to go there and stand and watch. The people booing you were right. And you can just, oh, don't worry, Ross. It's also, not always like that. He this. used him as a human shield as well when leaving the pitch so it, to try and avoid, bo- deflect boos away from him. It's like, look, I've got a young lad here. Yeah. Don't boo him. <laughs> He'll play for England one I day. I bet he was whispering his ear, they're booing you. 
What absolute bastards. Have you heard them booing you? <laughs> you had a great game and look what they're doing to you. They do this to me. This was after the, uh, the real Colin one was uh, after the Bristol game where he thinks because he's given, because he's told, well, I couldn't work out whether he had told our midfielders to pass because he seemed very confused that Brownie, Brownie and Austin, they're coming to the defenders, they're getting the ball and people, I don't know what, I don't really know what they're doing there, but the people still aren't happy because, and, and we won. And I, I, if you watch, because now LUTV put this thing on um, on YouTube, so you can watch Eddie Gray's face while Neil Warnock goes, I just don't understand the people at this club, you know. You you've, you win six on the trot at home and they're, they're still moaning, they don't like the way they play. And it cuts to Eddie Gray, it's like, yeah, that's because people expect success. That's what they like at this club. I was this, just going to ask, actually, I was just going to ask, sorry to jump in on you, um, do you think the club's too big for him? Do you think he has found himself out of his comfort zone? If he was a, a younger manager with more evidence of giving a toss and maybe a plan, well, a plan other than retiring in the summer, he might be able to handle it. But I think he's just, he's, it's just gestures. It's like, oh, the boo, the long ball. Right, lads, pass. And that seemed to be as much as he did in terms of tactics for the Bristol game. So you had Austin passing to Brown. Well, as far as he didn't, he didn't pass to Brown because nobody passes to Brown. They just bypass him. So just players kicking it at each other. And Warnock just standing there going, it's what you want, Ed. What's wrong with that? Passing. And we won. My job is done. And it's just... You can't not pass to Michael Brown, though, because he just stands, he doesn't move. He's, he moves as much as a park bench. Other when he goes for that ball, that 60-yard ball, back to the keeper, which, um, as Moscow knows, is one of my favourites. Yes. Warnock has cracked as well now. Now the crowd has started criticising Brown. That's annoyed Warnock. Yeah. When you're nothing else. We used to call his wife a slag. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, really good banter that. Oh, you know, they're great. Yeah, brilliant fans. Oh, I'm going to laugh. What's that about Michael? <laughs> Talk about my wife again. <laughs> Call her a slut. <laughs> it is it's Brownie and Varney that he's defending. Well, he's defending Brownie and Varney while having a go fans' favourite Becchio. Um, we said in 57, podcast 57, that he's a master of deflection. Because I listened to this the other night whilst walking my dogs. I thought, I can't remember that far back. No. <laughs> I thought actually, you know, we, we pretty much got that spot on. We, we, we were talking about it in a joking sense, but now that the heat's really been turned up on him, he's deliberately misrepresenting it. It's not about Varney. It's not about Brown. It's that they're his pets almost, aren't they? They're his favourites, and people are pissed off at watching shit. Well, this and is actually, his side. Yeah, it's more about him than about yeah. those players, really. But then, so so deflecting it, but then trying to make because he keeps having a go at Ad White, who hasn't been playing very well, but. He needs nurturing, he needs coaching, and he's telling what to do. Yeah, I mean, Don't hang him out to dry, he's only in his early 20s. He unfortunately. might get better. Michael Brown and Luke Varney are not going to get better. The nice thing with Brown, the one thing you can say about him is that he is a total lost cause, so we can basically <laughs> do what we want. Either we would just like put him in a cage and make him smoke cigarettes just to see what effect it has on him. We can. There's just no other reason to have Michael Brown like here. Like a beagle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just rub shampoo in his eyes. <laughs> Spraying perfume in his mouth. Yeah, because it just... Just won't matter. He's essentially he's just he's just he's a rhesus monkey. Yeah, he's wasted as a human being. <laughs> Whereas we've got other players with the future. So let us make fun of Michael Brown. I mean, singing "We All Dream of a Team" of Michael Browns. I mean, if if he's if that's really hurting him, he needs to think because that's fairly light. I, mean, I, I feel mean, a, I feel a bit sorry for him because it's not his fault that he keeps getting picked. If he was on the bench and we brought him on for the last 10 minutes to try and close out a game, mm. I could see the point of him. It's just when he's on the fucking team sheet every week and you're thinking, oh, why? Why? Paul Green looks all right. He's fine. Put him in. 
Well, this, yeah, I mean... It can move and everything. <laughs> yeah. Well, Anyone, put Byram in the centre, just do something. You, you're playing four central midfielders anyway. Why not, why not <laughs> drop Brown, put one of your wingers, supposed wingers, into the middle where they actually play and play a winger? What is wrong with Ryan Hall? You bought him. <laughs> yeah. One for the future, lads. He's only 24. Yeah. Um, let's try and get back to the actual games, then. Let's talk about the Birmingham Cup matches. Uh, oh, God. The home match, oh, 11,000 people. Uh, very turgid affair. But we went down there and won, and we seemed to play a bit of football in the second half. The second half? I mean, admittedly, I relied on the uh, no longer Bates-owned Yorkshire Radio commentary, during which it seemed like uh, Tom Kerwin and Andy Gray had both just given up by the end of the first half. There were, I mean, there, there was one point where I think they both just kind of went, Tom Kerwin, oh. And it was about Brown. It's like, that's an awful attempt at a pass. And Gray just went, Awful. And Kerwin went, <laughs> awful. And they had no other words. And they sort of, oh, yeah, we're supposed to be commentating. <laughs> you tell them, just staring out of the pitch, just go, this is awful. But then, as Warnock said in uh, in one of his interviews that week, he said, uh, people, compl- people have been complaining about hoofball, but I don't think they know what they're talking about because we played some good football in the second half at Birmingham. So there we go, we played some good football in the second half at Birmingham. So Barnsley, the first game against Birmingham, Bolton, Hull, Forest, doesn't matter. It was all fine because of the second half against Birmingham. Against a really poor Birmingham team as well, which are now all for sale. Yes. So morale probably very high in the, the Birmingham camp. <laughs> we'll and Lee Clark's their manager, who's the, a dour individual at the best yeah. of times. Well, I mean, can you imagine coming into work at Birmingham knowing that you're going to be sold off and you've got that little impish schoolboy? Telling you what to yeah, do. Being in Birmingham and the Birmingham accent wasn't bad enough. <laughs> to that game on the radio racist. sounded. It reminded me of the uh, when we played the odd European away game in neutral venues, mm. and you could tell it was a sort of a big echoey stadium with just a few Leeds fans singing in one corner. It kind of sounded like that. Yeah. Think, is, there, is there any home fans there at all? It was a sad thing. That was what, like, kind of what the home game was like mm. as well. Eleven thousand. The players didn't go back to the Leeds fans at the end of the game as well, which was. Yeah. Um, was that not an apocryphal tale, or was it true? I don't know. Varney, it was, yeah, and, Varney, and Brown, Varney linked right? again as well. He's, he's sort of got a bit of form for this, hasn't he? Sheffield didn't, Wednesday. Did he do it at Sheffield Wednesday? Yeah. Was he shit there as well? Someone, well, someone he, should run on that pitch and show him a le- teach him a lesson. <laughs> that was when um, that was when you couldn't work out who because Warnock was like, "Go over there," and Varney's like, "I'm not going over there." And Warnock was like, "There was only one ran on and clocked their keeper." One, and he said, "One knobhead, didn't he?" Or something. Yeah. Talking but, about himself. Yeah, yeah. And it was you, Varney. Yeah, Varney needs to just I mean, just leave. It's never going to work. So six wins on the bounce at home. Yay! Come on, Leeds. Brilliant. I love going to Elland Road. A lot of the... I've got the feeling sometimes that outsiders don't quite realise how shit we are. Because the league position doesn't look bad. This, If you just look at this as a set of results... Fair enough, the Chelsea result stands out a bit, but yeah. they look fairly run-of-the-mill results, really. But we've actually been so shit. It's, it's, we've not... There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Convincingly won in any of these games. Maybe Huddersfield aside. We've just, that was ages ago. We seem to be yeah. stealing points. Yeah, and that was... 2011. But is, it, is this the hallmark of a Warnock side that does this, that grinds out these results? But there's we're, we're grinding out big losses. <laughs> <laughs> and it's pointless because we're never going to go up with this. Like when we've played good teams, when, like you can imagine if we got hull over two legs in the playoffs. They'd just yeah. beat us about 6-0 on aggregate. It'd be, there's no point being in the playoffs if you're going to play like this. Yeah, it, it will get to the point if somehow we, myth, we magically get into the playoffs, it'll suddenly have to change everything so that the team's actually any good instead of because at the moment it is just getting yeah, a couple of one Wembley, that's a massive pitch you'll never get the ball from left back up to uh, they say it tires you out they'll have to sub Brown off after about 10 minutes it, his it, legs it, have gone like, leave in, him out there in these as well we beat Middlesbrough 2-1 which was a bit lucky if we played them over two legs we wouldn't go through they turned that round in the second yeah. leg Probably like what's happening to uh, six to wins on the bounce. Tonight. So six Leeds United wins. are pointless, is what I'm saying. It's a pointless club at the moment. I don't six, know why we're bothering. Six wins on the bounce at home. We beat Bristol City, bottom of the table. Bristol City, just about. Ross McCormack. They're only they're only bottom of the table because uh, we let Barnsley beat us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Ross McCormack scored not with his new pink boots, but with his head. Mm, good the goal. Dif- the difference in this game. Um, on the end of a long, looping, high ball. Oh, it was a decent cross. It was a good cross. From that player who didn't play for us. Mm. Yeah. yeah, from the pinpoint Everton. Him and yeah. Byron were the only two that looked any good, really, in this game, I yeah. thought. Booed off at half-time in this game and then tried to pass it. It was the uh, the whole cheering shots as well. <laughs> no, has, it got, <laughs> yeah. has it got that <laughs> yeah. bad? We finally had a shot towards the uh, the end of the second half. And you, and you think... When, it, when it gets to this stage, it's never going to turn round properly, is it? No. That's my no. fear. Well, the only way it can sort of be turned round is to make the football much, much better to watch. It's no good coming out and saying, we won, it's fine. Nobody's enjoying it. It's this is You can go back to that horrible thing that people who don't really um, follow football say, it's just another form of entertainment. It's just a, a part of the entertainment industry. But at some... This is nothing like entertainment. <laughs> in some level, there is a, a, a level of entertainment that you look for when you go to watch a game of football. And it's reflected in the crowds. When have we... They're just getting lower. We had the... We'll talk about the takeover going through in a bit. And that was supposed to be the big thing. That's like, yes, takeover will happen. The whole place will get a lift. And the crowds will rock it. They're even, I mean, the cheap tickets thing is really good, but it's still kind of a lot of money to, I don't care how cheap it is, it's still shit. And you don't really want to pay anything for something 
this bad. Well, let's talk more about that in that bit. Yes. Um, but in summary, it's good to be back, isn't it? Because <laughs> we can moan for ages and ages yeah. about how shit our football team is, despite winning matches. Thanks, Neil. The news. On to this bit now, and we will talk about the takeover in part three, which will be in part two of this two-part podcast. <laughs> oh, God, the maths. Confusing, I know. Let's do trialist transfers and speculation uh, first, contracts and whatnot. Can we rename this part, actually? I think we should call it the uh, Sean Harvey's Socks Memorial segment, because he is apparently working his socks off. I did tweet earlier on from the Squareball account that... Um, his legs are now just pulpy, bloody stumps because he's worked his socks so hard. He's worked his feet to the bone. <laughs> and yet, we haven't actually signed anybody. Well, three weeks into well, the... We are, we are into the window. Only three weeks into the window. There's Come time on. yet, You can't don't worry. hurry these things. Nobody does their business. <clears throat> it's Imagine... not like games are coming up and passing by. You know. Leicester must be regretting getting Chris Wood as early as they did because all he's done for them is score goals and nobody needs that. They would have been fine. Let's talk about the players since we last podcasted that uh, that we've tied up. Mel Sterling signed. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> Nearly the same age. El Hadjouf's got his contract. Um, 18 months. So we've got another year of this. Mm-hmm. Surprising move. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do wonder how we'll get rid of him next season. <laughs> it's That was kind of my... I mean, I th- thought he was worth the season especially since it's not like we're going to sign anybody else. But next year, when we've got a new manager and somebody has to make the choice, do I still want him? Can I sell him? Can I find somebody to pay him what he's being paid here? You did Am say I... this on the last podcast, Moscow, that you uh, had a fear, I think. I think it was you. The Paul Connolly situation. Yeah, fear of being lumbered with him. You mean the Michael Tong situation? <laughs> no, the Michael that... Brown situation. <laughs> oh, sorry. The, the, the we could have situation. got rid of Brown over summer. No, we... the Luke Varney situation. We fucking kept him. <laughs> Paul Rahupka still plays for Leeds United. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Connolly's still on the books. Uh, Paul Connolly is still. I'd say that he's gone. Um, sorry, he's gone on loan to Preston until the end of the season, I think. And but he is still technically our player. And yeah, I mean, Juve. He's not one to take kind of bad news calmly. <laughs> I don't think he has been very well behaved at Leeds United and proved some of the doubters, myself included, wrong. But when it comes to uh, Playing football is getting a bit shitter. We can't mention Juve without, of course, mentioning um, the Juve child. Yeah. Mm. Um, Kai. Yeah, a Twitter Kai. sensation of, um, uh, I don't really know. I don't Immense really know. proportions. I don't really know how you'd describe him. He was just a... A child blacked up. A, a blacked up child. Which yeah. is, it was a heartwarming tribute to his favourite player, a, a hangover from the um, New Year's Eve party he'd been to the night before. I thought, I thought you were going to say a hangover from the uh, 1970s. <laughs> well, there's a little bit of that as well. I mean, I would never advise a grown man to do what Kai did. I would never really advise a child to do what Kai did. But nobody nobody involved seemed to mind. Juve, I think that thing on Juve's face was a smile. So that's all right. And, Snarl. Uh, yeah, it was fantastic, actually, before. Um, it was the Bolton game, wasn't it? It was New Year's Day scene. Because um, I remember that photo being shown to me and wondering what the hell was going on. And then more photos to start appear- appearing on people's phones. They'd be like, oh, is that that kid? And I'd be like, oh, yeah, I've seen him. But it's like, no, no, he's with he's with Salem Patel now. Like, what? <laughs> and then he's with fans on the cop. And there's the photograph. He's with Lee Peltier. He's like, is he just 
every I was expecting at some point that somebody was going to show me a picture on their phone and it would be me with him. <laughs> I just when did that when did that taken? I don't remember. It was uh, it's crazy. He's a he's a he's, he's a it's an internet phenomenon. He's a literal sensation, and I for one uh, salute him. But please don't ever do it again. <laughs> Well, it did, it did make national news and everybody's favourite paper, went, the Daily Mail, mentioned it, didn't they? They went uh, nuts over it. It made the news in New Zealand. It's just balmy. Uh, you've expressed it rather well in the latest magazine. You've got okay. an article in there about public image, yes. Public oh, yeah. image article. You have to go looking for offence if you really want to try and find it. Yeah. In that. Well, the first responses on Twitter was that journalist Gabriel Marcotti, who his response was just like, well, that's weird. Obviously, the whole discussion was going on, and he, he was like, "No, I think it's absolutely fine. Um, it's not offensive in the least because it's all very well intended." It's just like it's just a little bit of a weird thing to look at. <laughs> <laughs> it's a blacked-up child. Yeah, it's all right. Whatever, he's fine. Kai will look back on those photos when he's sixteen years old. <laughs> Somebody raised uh, the spectre of those pictures of um, what's his face, Aaron Corley, when he's. Uh, when he was about nine years old, having his photograph taken with Gary Kelly. <laughs> so we'll probably, when Kai has run on the pitch and committed some terrible bodily crime against an opposing goalkeeper, it's like, oh, look at him when he was young. Oh, okay. No, it's that guy. Never mind. Well, I think it's against Al Jafouf himself, uh, who's still play for us in <laughs> Yeah, his contract time. will have been extended by the time. <laughs> Kai's a 26-year-old man. Oh, God, do I have to do this every year? <laughs> Jufi had it written in his contract. You get that tanning lotion on and get down there. A New Year tradition, right. Um, from El Hadj Jufi, then he got his 18-month deal. Youngster Ryan Hall, only 24. <laughs> Career will be over in 10 years. One for the future, though. Is he going to play ever? I have no idea. He's been. Is it a niggle he's had? First he was tired, then a niggle. Well, it's been suggested, hasn't it, that he needs to get used to playing for a club like Leeds. Well, um, he needs to play then. And if, he, if he's trying to get, if he's a little bit uncertain about playing in front of a big crowd, I mean, now is the perfect time to play because there isn't one. Yeah. So just, if he wants to get used to playing in an empty Elland Road, fine, Bill, we can work up to a, a big crowd maybe when, uh, if he's any good, he might just be the man to actually cross the ball so that we have an attempt on goal. Do we not need width for that to work as a plan? Well, he's a winger. Yeah. When he's right. played, he's not looked bad, has he? No. He's certainly he not scored looked... He scored in the reserves, didn't he? he Development four. squad. Oh, yeah. He's not looked any worse than the rest of our midfield, no. to put it another way. But that's not hard. No, but, but give him a go. And like you say, at least you think with him, if he's on the wing, he might put a cross in. And I think if he takes, for example, Luke Varney's place, that's one less player on the pitch that the home crowd actively hates. And so the atmosphere will immediately improve. So it'll be a more more positive thing. So take out Luke Varney. Yep. Take out the park bench in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> Play someone with a left foot on the left wing. Yeah. Someone with a right foot on the right wing. I, I bet you people. No, will no, no. You, be a little you're bit talking happier. silly now. <clears throat> you're talking silly. You're, you're talking about round pegs in round holes. Here. I think Peltier's worth a go on the left wing because he's, he's looked like a real attacking threat from left back. <laughs> The way well, the way yeah, the way he spins back. on the halfway line and passes the ball back to Paddy Kenny sometimes is yeah. <laughs> Ooh, as good. he realizes I can't use my left foot. I'm just yeah. gonna have to turn. Or Tom Lees is going, keep going, keep going. No, a bit wider, a bit wider. I've missed this cynicism, really I have. Uh, speaking of midfielders, we've got Michael Tong, he's signed permanently. Two and a half years. Mm. Mm. We're reassembling the stock. Is it reserves, development squad, whichever? At uh, Ellen Road. Blazing squad. <laughs> yes, the, the uh, Arrested Development Blazing squad. The thing that I, I didn't mind Michael Tong at first, but there has been too many times 
lately where players seem to get round him just by walking in a wide circle. Um, and then he's, he's just gone. He's out the game. and Using pretty much like a, a cone as they do in training, just something to run round. So we've got the park bench, yeah. the cone. <laughs> Pinning on the field hopes on her. <laughs> and, then you've, and then you've got the uh, the scream in uh, in the face of Tom Lee's face. Um, they, they bear down. But he's just, I mean, the, one of the, the things with Michael Tong is that he's spent ages out of the game because of really bad injuries. And everybody assumed he's like 38 now, but he's 29. And I would have thought a two and a half year contract. He's one for the future, Moscow. For one for the future. When, that, when that contract's up, he's, he's only just, 29. He'd be coming into his prime then. <laughs> I worry that he's he's just going to be injured for the next two and a half years. I do think it's kind of like it's a Kiss Norbo contract with a contract with a K, um, and it's just it's too it's too damn long. The other main problem with him being here for two and a half years is it kind of um, removes the hope that we might sign somebody better, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> knowing that he's going to have to have a squad number for the next two and a half years, and presumably expects to get a game. Um, I mean, he's not bad, but. He's so clearly a Warnock man, and Warnock's here till the end of the season. He's here for two and a half years, yeah. Yeah. and he won't take him with him. No. Much, uh, just, where, just take him to your, your His farm, your yeah. farm in yeah. Cornwall. Yeah. Put him dig, in the stables. Clean the horses. Yeah. <laughs> dig me some vegetable trenches. Sorry, Tungi. I'm t- I've, I've told Brownie I'm taking him. Um, he always, will be. I'm he will be bloody put out to pasture yeah. after this. Will Will Brown. He'll go. He, I think he will generally take. Uh, he'll take Brownie to. Uh, I mean, it's weird. It was somebody pointed out that Brownie was Simon Grayson's signing, and I can only imagine that him being at the club was one of the things that attracted Warnock to the job. <laughs> oh, Leeds! I'm not sure. A bit of a challenge. Going to be tough getting. Who's who's there? Brownie? How long's he been there? All right. Oh, when's his con- contract out at the end of the season? We can we can get him a new contract as long as I can sign Paddy Kenny as well. <laughs> we'll sell anyone. Stonk, get rid of Stonegrass, get me Kenny. How much is Stoddy on? Eight grand a week. Right. Offer to pay Kenny 30. <laughs> and we'll use his transfer fee to pay it. Whilst we're stockpiling midfielders, we now have Ross Barkley on an initial month's loan from Everton. Now, if, if Ryan Hall is one for the future at 24, he's basically a fetus, this kid. Yeah. Sloshing he, around in our midfield. He probably is one for the future because he looks instantly quite good. Yeah, but it won't be with us. Oh, yeah. God, no, he's not going to have a future with us. No. It's a bit like... Uh... He's already done better than I was instantly reminded like Adam Johnson and Danny Graham. Around. We had yeah. Danny Graham. And I was going to say he's one of those players you watch, see on Match of the Day. And didn't he just? Oh, we won Livermore in the England squad. Yeah. We just well, get them. Won. We get them too early. Put them in. I mean, what's he going to learn playing alongside Michael? We just fucking ruin footballers, <laughs> don't we? We get footballers and we just fucking ruin them all the time. I mean, it's, it's just a footballer's graveyard, isn't it? Luke Varney bothering on an international call-up before he signed for Leeds. Now look What's at he him. Who what, for? <laughs> what nationality is Luke Varney? He dug out a he's got a dodgy passport. He's got a grandma in the Faroe Islands. I mean, I can. I've got visions of Ross Barkley like phoning David Moyes up to. You know, check in. He's like, oh yeah, it's all right. No training's really good. Uh, there's they've got facilities this, are great. Yeah, for, yeah. the facilities are, it's like a Premier League setup. They've the got a, a bit small though. <laughs> they've got this. They've got this uh, Jamaican lad called Rudy Austin. He's uh, he's helping me with my shooting practice. I really think my game's coming on. Oh, Michael Brown. He's got a lot of experience. I'm I'm learning a lot about refereeing. <laughs> <laughs> it's just. When Warnock said that about him having to reassure Ross Barkley after his first game that we're not always like that, I wondered if that information was offered. If he went over and said, don't worry, Ross, you know, we do win some games. Or if he was actually 
getting. He was his, on the phone to David Moyes yeah, at the time. He found him in yeah, the dressing room, him. like of getting all his luggage in the yeah. toilets. I'm not fucking staying here. I don't know what I walked into. I thought this was a football club. I want to be a footballer. I don't want to. I don't want to play some like this. to Liverpool. Warnock coming over like a, an abusive drunk husband. Oh, <laughs> oh, mournful at his behaviour. Oh, I, don't, I, don't, I didn't mean it'll never happen again. Standing with him. With I'm the, sorry. Standing with him at the bus stop with his arms around his ankles. Come back. I'll, I'll change. change. <laughs> it was the booze. She meant nothing. Bra- Brownie's the past. <laughs> You're the future. I just can't let him go. One player we have let go, Jerome Thomas, he's gone back to West Brom and he's staying there. Quite clearly wanted to stay there as well, didn't he? Too really? quick. Yeah. Too quick by half. <laughs> And he had this Get te- rid. He had a tendency to go out towards the touchline as well, which is just yeah. not acceptable. Really. I mean, what, he, what, can, what more can Warnock do? He played him on the wrong side to try and to try and redu- to try and limit the width, try and beat his but, talents but out yet, of him. But yeah, he still went and stood on the touchline. What a uh, prick! <laughs> <laughs> He's rolling the Chelsea goal. Even you know. Use the outside of the foot to cross it so Becky could score against Chelsea. Well, we can't bloody be having this. <laughs> Back to West Brom with E. Get your pace out of ours. And he seemed, because um, he's one of these that tweets, and he, was, he seemed quite kind of, oh, really good to be back at West Brom. Straight back in the team, very happy. Not even, and then it's like, look, oh, here's yeah. my man of the match award. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cheers, cheers to the fans at Leeds, by the way. Um, moving on. Um, anyway, yeah, so he's he's gone. He's not coming back, is he? Um, he wasn't that great towards the end, was he? So obviously we don't need him. He wasn't that great, but he he did create chances for us, even when he didn't play very well. He, he scored he, a goal. He, he didn't quite last goal. Just, minutes. Is us. it just that we yeah. dragged him down to our level? Yeah, that? I think we did. Yeah, yeah. but I then mean, he's, he played. Has he played two full games for West Brom? But couldn't manage ninety minutes with us. That's one uh, one thing. God, we'll just keep kicking Colin. It's fun. Um, <laughs> well, it's not fun. It's annoying. But he said about Ross Barkley after the Bristol game. He said. Uh, Young Bartley played really well today, considering considering he's not played for quite a long time. He played the last week. He played the last game. He played the full ninety at Barnsley. Oh, Ross Barkley, he's he's not had, he's not had any games for a long time. He didn't have the ball though, at Barnsley. To be fair, <laughs> no one. But if that's what he meant, but it's just this parallel. Yeah, he's like, yeah, Ryan Hall's not fit. Uh, Jerome Thomas can't can't do ninety games. Can't do ninety minutes. Ninety uh, games. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Ross Barkley's uh, not played for quite a while. Michael Brown, he's not really been on the pitch much. Um, you know, Paddy Kenny, I think I think I'm gonna have to bring him back in the squad. So he's Colin, wake up. Luciano Vecchio's not scoring any goals. Yes, he is. <laughs> he's the only one scoring goals. He owes us. He owes us. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, one for the future, Andy Gray, he's gone to Bradford. What He'll a strange, what a strange career. Well, he's going to resurrect his European dream. Yeah, he's, he's gonna play in Europe yeah. next season. He'll be fine. <laughs> Europe's oldest player. <laughs> Yeah, if they don't qualify for Europe, we'll get Andy Gray back for next year, if Warnock's still here. Paddy Kiznarbo has gone out to Ipswich for a month, hasn't Absolute. he, on, on loan? He's he's basically going to be phased out gradually, isn't he? It's actually quite a good move for him, Ipswich. Good mm. team, same division. Because you normally expect, I mean, Paul Connolly's gone a division lower, so you can see he's on the slide. And he managed to get booked after 11 minutes of his first game for Ipswich, so he's not lost it. It seems a, a Mick McCarthy type of player, yeah. Kiznarbo. But if I mean it's if he's got a uh, a future still at championship level, Tate's gone and wasn't really particularly good. A thick is no, but still again I, Tate, another one we dragged down to our level. Yeah, <laughs> yeah looked well, good for the first couple of games, and yeah, you know. and he's gone back today, never be, to return. He'll play on Saturday for Swansea, and he'll probably be brilliant. Man of the match, stepping out Barazi style because he did look at first. He was. You're not going to try and tell me he looked like Barazi to begin. He with. could pass. 
Mm-hmm. Well, he tried to pass. Yeah. When you say pass, you mean give it to someone in the same colour shirt. Yeah, it's because yeah. that's what most other footballers do. No matter what position they play, they'll always try and give it to someone on the same team. Whereas we, if it's basically if you've got the ball in your own half, you don't worry about giving it to another one of your players. Just get it out of your half. And get it in the mixer forward. Yeah. And if that doesn't lead to a goal, then it's Becchio's fault. Um, Zach Thompson is at Bury now until the end of the season. This um, is probably for the best. Get our young players out of the, out of Warnock's way. Yeah. Go and, go and learn from Kevin <laughs> Black. I've <laughs> temporarily forgotten who was uh, managing Bury. I saw. A, a, I've not seen it before. I think it might have been posted on Wacko this week. There's some discussion of Kevin Blackwell, and there was a clip of him <laughs> being interviewed when he's got the, the Bury job, and he's obviously been <laughs> doing his usual thing, telling people that he's been all over the world watching training and they said oh where have you been then and he clearly has lied and he goes um oh, 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 you know all over the place um you know into uh, europe and um toronto <laughs> he remembers one place he's, one place he's been then he makes somewhere else up then he goes and obviously then all it's just all, remembering his holiday all the european it? um other other clubs too you think he just means he went into railing <laughs> yeah god imagine being stuck in a carriage with Kevin Blackwell. Imagine being stuck in a carriage with Neil Warnock and Kevin Blackwell talking Tic Tacs. That'd be good, wouldn't it? Overrated. Aruna Dindan, this one won't go away, will it? The first horseman of the apocalypse, if you uh, were. What are the chances of us signing him? I mean, played for Portsmouth, he's free. He's not very good. (laughs) Apparently mates with Juve, isn't he? Which is uh, possibly why he's being sniffed around. Is Is this the beginnings of a posse? We'll have, so. we'll have the two camps. We'll have Brownie and Varney on one side. And we'll have Juf and Dindan on the other side, Much just cooler. staring at each other. Has <laughs> he ever played for Stoke? Maybe. Anyway, so yeah, we'll we'll see what happens with that one. But no noises coming out of the club that there's interest. But you never know what's going to happen at the end of the window. It's because Sean Harvey's too tired to speak. Bless mm. him. He's got his. He's wor- he is working his socks off. You know. He's, he's probably put them in a foot spa trying to get some blessed relief. Another one possibly on the way out. Um, who's just tweeted this afternoon, this evening? Um, Dominic Polion has made tweety references to not being in the manager's plans, and if he needs to go out and get experience on loan, then he will do. Mm. Which seems. He's just like signed a, a new contract. A thinly veiled dig at what's been happening at Ellen Road slash Thorpe Arch. Well, Colin has been a bit funny with him because he got him in the team. He didn't look amazing to my mind, but he scored a goal and he can only get, you know, he's a young player and fine. And he plays on the wing. At least he's capable of playing on the wing. So that's all right. And they shipped him off on loan. And we were like, well, I haven't really got the squad to be shipping him out if he's going to be in the first team. Well, I mean, look. And then brought him back for no reason. Yeah. And then he has he said something about getting through to the end of the window and then maybe sending him out on loan again. So it's almost like he wants him there for security, but he's not even been on the bench. There seems little intent to blood youngsters, apart from uh, young whippersnapper Ryan Hall, who gets the occasional <laughs> five minutes here and there. We've got Byram. Which is more by looks than good judgment. I was going to say he's only in the still in the team because he's clearly our best player. Yeah, and then there's the um, and he that was almost a stroke of luck. So yeah. I found him. Just, Bear in mind they did buy Lee Peltier as a right back. Mm. It's strange though that he looks at he must look at Byron and think how oh, he's playing really well and think what's he doing that's good mm. like keeping possession, running with the ball, passing, creating chances, having passing. natural talent, yeah, all that sort of stuff. And then he doesn't seem to take that into account for when picking the entire. Rest of the team. Didn't you blame both goals at Barnsley on him? 
Probably he's only he's a young lad, isn't he? Yeah, he was pretty much. It's like young young Byron. I think he uh, he wasn't he wasn't quite on top. I mean, of I mean, Brownie told him. Brownie told him. He told him he was in the wrong. He told him. <laughs> Brownie's been through it. We did that with Tom Lee's at um, Forest. Yeah, giving the penalty away, but he's got his um, untouchables, and it's uh, it's getting uh, quite irritating. Gents, um, sorry, um, we need to pause um, and have a moment's silent reflection for uh, the Robbie Rogers there totally. We, we never really knew him, did we? I feel like I know him. Not not from the football pitch. He's been terminated. <laughs> oh, he was terminated on his debut. We've dispensed he? with yeah. the services of, of young Robert Rogers, Robert Hampson Rogers III. Officially a captain of Leeds United. He wore the armband. Did he? For about six minutes. Yeah, somebody went off substitute as a substitute. <laughs> and then he gave the armband to Robbie Rogers. So what, he had- in real life? In real life, he oh, has yeah. actually captained the side for a while. Your big mega robot adventure probably happened in his head while he was <laughs> while he was knocked out on the pitch. I was like well. totally stoked, man. <laughs> I love Robbie Rogers a bit. I'm sad that he's gone, but I will still continue to follow him on Twitter. So anyway, he's not gone because that's all he really was. Anyway, was yeah. a was a man on Twitter. <laughs> We need to. We, we we deserve to rifle through some of these tweets because they they're incredible. It's one of the things because I kept. Sometimes I don't always keep up with Twitter as much as I can, so I'll miss a lot of what Robbie's been up to. And it's it's great it, just to spend fifteen minutes just scrolling back through recent tweets of Robbie Rogers. They're magnificent. He never got better than uh, dominated a pack of wine gums, <laughs> sugar overdose, no bueno. I don't think we've got. Um, the, the service at whatever restaurant it was was Roberto Garbaggio, yeah. which is just, well, I'll use that phrase till the day I die. But I'm in the old folks' home. I was saying, this soup is Roberto Garbaggio. My personal favourite. Happy Memorial Day. So thankful to all of those who have sacrificed, sacrificed for our great country. Heading to the beach. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the Alan Partridge where he's at the funeral and he turns around with the, he's got the Castrol GTX jacket on. It's that kind of a, yeah. Anyway, enough of that. There's some of his life, because um, he moved to Stevenage on loan and got injured and didn't play and just hang around in Dalton for all, all time. Um, hey, but man. There was one down there, it was like, a late football session, then checking out London's School of Economics for a little discussion. Keep that mind sharp, friends. What the What's he doing at the School of Economics? And someone's obviously convinced him Stevenage is in London as well. Yeah. Oh, I don't. Well, I think that's probably the so, whole. So you're going on loan. Where is it? Oh, it's it's, it's London. Um, ish, ish. It's on the line to London. Yeah. Addicted to Tesco olives. Really random. What? And the, I I'm haunted. Just I don't understand. Girls in England have really tan feet. What well, fetish? How, <laughs> Yeah, per- there's a pervert way into yeah. there, isn't there? There's so much. I like I like his um, philosophical musings, such as uh, talent is God given, be humble. Fame is man given, be grateful. Conceit is self given, be careful. So deep, so I mean, deep. He's, he's hitting. He's got right to the core there, hasn't he? Body sore, hard work today. Need some sushi to rejuvenate. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fucking hell! What do you think he made of South Leeds? There's um. Who knows where I can buy a Bulls set in Leeds Centre? <laughs> there is a, there is a Bulls court in uh, Bond Square, so you know there's it a book was a in this Moscow, surely. Oh man, his life in uh, his life in England, digging York. I don't care what people say. This wall wouldn't keep anyone out. Need a medieval dragon to bust this town. <laughs> of course. Typical of Americans as well. Always one eye on the invasion. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, we could we could spend all night um, doing this because it's uh, 
It's very joyous and brings as many laughs, but let's move on. Goodbye, Robbie. Thanks, the Robbie Rogers. Re- read his Twitter. It's, dot com. it's great. And buy yeah. his clothes. I mean, he's not going to play much football But anymore. of course, we have a new Twitter hero now, don't we? Andrew Tendog. The man who, who would never set foot on Twitter has arrived, yeah. Woof, woof. Yeah, Andy Hughes. Hughes is in the house. <laughs> Indeed, he's on Twitter now, so we can go uh, pester him, can't we, some more? Uh, he, pesters, he pesters McCormack quite a bit. There was something about Luciano roasting pigs in his house or something. He was like, ask him about that. Nobody ever quite got to the bottom of what that was about. But yeah, it's for the best. It's <laughs> lovely to see pictures of Andy Hughes uh, in his Christmas jumper drinking tea and Betty's in Harrogate. I just like him. He's, he's Seems a like a decent human, doesn't he? Andrew Tendog. Having his manager? Yeah, in a heartbeat. Richard Naylor as assistant. It'd be like it'd be like what we kind of thought when Grayson and Snowden were manager and assistant, but with just more outright cheerleading. No, actually, can you imagine the the tactics will just be a picture of like just a picture of Billy Bremner. Just put that on the tactics board. We're just hitting him with a, like a big blown up <laughs> picture of Billy Bremner. Yeah. Yeah, just yes. We will uh, knock sense into you and make them all sing. Uh, make them all sing um, football in a Yorkshire Rose as a as a group before going out on the pitch. <laughs> no, never mind a team talk. Leeds United Calypso. Now get back out there and win. And rash, we, rash. Uh, never mind the rash, rash. This is a different level. Um, yeah, I hope I live long enough to see the day that Andy Hughes and uh, Richard Naylor are our management team. There wouldn't be manager and assistant. I think they'd just uh, they'd share the job. They'd just both co-managers. It was... Um, Kirbishly and... Grit. Grit, grit. yeah. Was it? Yeah. It was. was Kirbishly yeah. and Grit at Charlton. Co-managers. Well, there wasn't one of them a player manager. And of course, well. you had at Liverpool the, as well, didn't you? I think Grit was the player manager. What's his face? Houllier and Roy Evans were joint managers yeah. there yeah. for a bit, weren't they? They weren't happy about it, though. No, no. It's not one of those things you can ever sort of do comfortably, is it? I can, I can sort of see the... Uh, the squad photographs now with Andy and Richard in the front row, their arms round each other. <laughs> Hughesy will probably have him in a headlock, rubbing his hair. <laughs> Those two will be all right. Evans and Julio, never going to work, was no, it? No headlocks there. Somebody who is a hero of ours. We have touched upon him many times. He roasts pigs. <laughs> I haven't touched him. <laughs> he scores goals. Often enough. He's too many. He's the problem. He's the reason why we lump it forward. Yes. Um, it's all his fault. Luciano Becchio. What a man. What yeah. a season he's having. I've, he's a lazy bastard with all the goals, <laughs> and it? he's got no. He's got no first touch. He's not a footballer. All he does is volley the ball in from twenty yards and head it into the roof of the goal from distance like a king. But he's not a footballer. The thing is, you're bound, you're bound to score a load of goals though, because when we create so many chances, yeah, true. It, it, it's easy for him. It's like, it's like Andy Cole when he was at Man U. You always get yeah. the impression that you know anyone could have scored those goals. Goal hanger. And that's what this is like, because he's playing for the best team in the league. Yeah. And if anything, he's holding his back. It is. It's unbelievable. Demanding I mean, that we play it up in the air. I think yeah. that's the last thing he wants. He hates it. Yeah. yeah. He's better just poaching stuff, yeah. isn't he? He's a, he's, he's a balls across, as you've touched on many a time, that ball across the six-yard box, that's where Becchio excels. Whether it's head, with his head yeah. or his foot, he's quite happy with it there. Flinging his body at it. He's, yeah. he's in no way happy with it, being punted from a mile in the sky onto his head when he's about 30 yards from goal and yeah. has no one stood around him. And if someone on, I think, the square ball forum compared him chasing the ball back towards his own goal to, like a, to a child chasing after a balloon that keeps just kind of getting away from them. And it's a, it's a brilliant analogy because you see the ball will just hit him and then he's coming all the way back almost into our penalty area chasing after it. But if you watch a child do that and then... The ball finally just gets away from them. They do then just stand 
and look incredibly upset because what they wanted was just to hold the balloon. And that's kind of where Luciano Becchio is at in this team, chasing after a, a ball that he never had a hope of getting to in the first place and then watching as it just goes back to their team and just kind of walking sadly back up front because he's not got a balloon to play with. We are Balloons ins- for Luciano is might might be the new campaign I'll start. If we get a job load of balloons with Luciano's face on and then release them onto the pitch and just um, keep all the... Don't let Brownie on the pitch because he'll just pop them all. Just let Luciano run around on his own for a while in like a big stadium-sized ball pool filled with balloons and I'm sure he'll be a much happier player. Just when you come on with the robot. <laughs> anyway, moving on. I was going to say, we're getting into contract renewal territory, aren't we? That's the, that's the thing here. Well, that's why Colin started picking on him. I mean, this LUTV stuff. First, it was at Barnsley because he said, oh, his head's gone. His head wasn't in the game. And he keeps saying, I'm going to have to have a word with him because his agent's in him. And then a week later, I'm going to have to have a word with Luciano because I think his head's gone. I'm going to have to have a, a, a word with him. Every, like, three days. Just have a fucking word with him then and make it a nice word. Make it, I love you because you're better than me. Make those are the words you say to Luciano. But then he came up on LUTV saying, and this is the quote, I have told Luciano to, oh, but shall we do it in the slightly that warnock kind of tune? <laughs> yeah, I've told Luciano that uh, he has to put the effort in because we, we have supported him. I mean, he, he scored 17 goals this season, so I think we've done our share. So he must repay that. Why has he got to repay us for scoring 17 goals? making his payment. We give him money to score goals and he's doing that. Yes. You know, imagine, imagine if you did your job better than everyone else at your place of work and in return... Your boss slagged you off, even though you could be earning more money doing the same job somewhere else. That's effectively what exactly what is happening here. If you can think about that in your own life, you can see you wouldn't be that happy with it. I think legend is thrown <laughs> about too easily, but the guy is in our top 10 all-time goal scorers. And it doesn't matter. I mean, people say, oh, but he scored them at the, at the third division. Yeah, but Peter Lorimer scored them in the 1960s. And so you're talking different kinds of games and all that actually matters is how many times did player x put the ball into the net and if you put it in the net enough times to be top 10 then you are there it doesn't it's an achievement yes and he's done it when is anybody else going to do it when is anybody else going to get into the top 10 goal scorers for leeds united who was the last one to even break into that bracket well one for the future andy gray (laughs) you can't just dismiss that and you can't just sell it because you want to bring in a bunch of no-mark, miserable hoofball cloggers for the last three months before you go and sit in Cornwall winding your wife up. I'm the, sure she's annoyed at him as well. In the past, I read I've, his independent column. He sounds like a nightmare. In the past, I've been a bit, not critical, but I've I've recognised Becchio's limitations, yeah. to put it one way. But I've completely turned now, and because I, I can just see he's being completely unfairly blamed. And I, I now completely overlook his fault because I think fuck off Warnock yeah. I mean things like the, the goal that I talk about that he always scores that goal against Chelsea he saw from the centre circle he saw where the ball was and he knew where it was going to end up and where he had to be to put the ball into the net and he made it happen and, from, it, and do you know what he did it bloody well yes yeah but do you remember when Luke Varney made talking, a similar run against Southampton <laughs> we're talking Premier League defenders and he just said if he keeps running down there I know exactly where to run and I will get in ahead of these Chelsea wankers and I will score and he did and he does it all the time and he scores great goals even the ones that are from close range he has to it's 
he gets there and he scores them. All right, here's an open goal question for you. Yeah. Even Varney couldn't miss this one. Would you like to keep him? <laughs> I I almost, if he wants to go and if he ends up getting sold, he leaves with my best wishes, fondest regards and absolutely no malice whatsoever. Good luck to him. I hope you have a fine rest of your career being paid handsomely by a club that appreciates you. But how many times have we said that over the last few years? Snowgrass. Well, Housen. Well, yeah. I, think, I think we're also a bit influenced on this by the fact that it's, it's reached the stage over recent years where you don't see it as you can have this player or four million quid. Yeah. Because it's effectively you can have this player or you can not have him because the money doesn't get reinvested. Yeah. You never yeah. know. With new owners, maybe if we did sell him for a few million mm. quid, they would then immediately hand that over to Warnock who would squander it. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't like Becky to be the test case. That's the thing. I'd rather we sold one of the other ones. Promise. Kenny will fetch a fee. Plus, he's also, in our short history of being in League One and when we signed him, he's still part of that promotion winning side. He's not part of that Warnock side because no. these are all Warnock players that he's brought in, shit as they may be. Becky not a brilliant player. He's got an awful first touch, but as we said, he can get the goals. He's got a great first touch. If he's in the six-yard box pointing yeah. at the goal, that's all that matters. He's back to goal or trying to catch a ball on his toe yeah. that's come down from about 30 foot. <laughs> but then that's not his game anyway and Warnock blaming him for the rest of the team playing that way when he missed the game at Birmingham. He said, oh, I thought without uh, without Luciano up there, the players, uh, they started passing it about a bit. Well, if you don't want them to just hoof it at Becchio, you're the manager. Tell them not to. Tell them not to. And if you... they keep doing it, drop them. Yes, and drop them all to the point where the only player on the pitch is Becchio. <laughs> I don't care. It'll be better than if Brown is just... Well, Brown very rarely hoofs the ball at him because he's not quick enough to even get near the ball to do anything with it. And the problem with... them. Um, the problem with, I mean, Becchio's first touch is terrible, but it normally bounces somewhere in the opposition half. But Juf is just like such a slow shire horse of, <laughs> compared to what he used to be. That there's never even like a hope in hell's chance of him getting anywhere near anything Becchio does or doesn't do with the ball. So the only hope when we do hoof the ball forward, which in case you've not been keeping up, we do frequently, <laughs> is that Becchio will control it on his head and do you remember that um, Argentinian player that used to do the dolphin run he used uh, to, Brazilian Brazilian well, Curlon, player he was he, called right he used to just run through defences with the ball balanced on his head until somebody basically came in and kicked him because he was really obnoxious but we're just, he's got to balance the ball on his head run all the way to the goal the 20 yards because he'll have been booted by Paddy Kenny so it'll be out by the corner flag get himself in there bring it down himself beat six players and score himself while Brownie is still are you passed to me, Kenny? Oh, where, where have you kicked it? Where's he? Oh, have we got? Oh, good one, Becky. He's got to do it himself because none of the other players get close enough to help him. And God, it must be frustrating to be Luciano Becky right now. Let's and draw, he scored let's, 17 goals. Let's draw a line under this part of the podcast, whichever numbered part it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and we will I'll number your parts in a minute. With the other half of this podcast, well, when you click fast forward on your little device, we'll speak to you soon. The Square Ball Podcast, supported by thegelderdan.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 